St. Louis Public Radio's The Gateway gives you the day's news first thing every weekday morning. From the ever-evolving relationship between St. Louis City and County to developments in the Missouri and Illinois state capitals and reports from our correspondents in Rolla and the Metro East. We put it all in a roughly 10-minute package with clarity and context. Download The Gateway wherever you get podcasts. Being able to be honest in your music is the only way that it's going to feel real to somebody else. People can smell a fraud a thousand miles away. That's Jordan Sloan of the band Hounds. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, and this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. The guys in Hounds are in their mid to late 20s, but they're already old pros at the band thing. They started the group when two-thirds of the original members were in seventh grade. That's Logan Sloan and Logan Moeller. Back then, they performed as clockwork, and they had some success while the band was still in high school. Several twists and turns later, and that includes a reinvention as Hounds and a victorious visit to a national band search competition, they are now on the cusp of their major label debut. Cattle in the Sky is the record. It comes out on BMG February 5th. I spoke with Jordan and Logan Sloan. Jordan's the older of the brothers and the band's guitarist and frontman. Logan plays keyboards with hounds, and he used to play bass for clockwork. I asked Logan what the significance is of this particular moment in their career. For me, it just it means it's a payoff to all the years of hard work that we've been putting in with this band we've I mean, we've been playing since we were i guess i was in seventh grade when we started the first band so we've been touring since then and this is the first time that we get that um i guess almost national recognition from a from a record label that has so much history behind it it's really it's nice to kind of get that validation that we are finally making strides toward our end goal this is jordan i agree with all of that i think and to put it in perspective when logan and i started doing this he was 13 and i was 15 or 16 there was no like oh he's older so he's better at this actually i was the original bass player in our like punk rock band that was a disaster and my brother quickly took that role away from me because i had no sense of rhythm i couldn't lock with drums and so uh they're like we're gonna let you be the glitter of the band jordan here's a guitar yeah this is logan again sorry to cut you off jordan that's kind of how we got into this. But yeah, we had to let Jordan into the band. It's true. I was took over as the leader now. Then it ended up being a thing where we stuck together as a three piece for a while. I was pretty against it at the time. Reluctant to say the least. Yeah. Our our relationship at the time was very different than it is now. You were just my older brother. Now we're actually friends, which is nice. But back then I didn't want my older brother to be in my band. That sounded horrible. I mean, I, I, I get it from my perspective. It would, it would be like, hey, come be in this thing uh, where you might try to dictate what I am creating versus let's be partners. Happened. Now you're the leader, so it worked exactly like that. My plan is unfolding. <laughs> so go on ahead and make your demands, but in other words, please hold my hand. mentioned that you said we were brothers and but we're friends now it occurs to me that the stuff you've been doing at the age you've been doing it it's like you're having these ceremonies of like growing up at the same time that your band is taking off and you're doing it all sort of at the same time 
Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting to grow up through that because it, it really did change our relationship, I think, a lot for the better. It, I see so many other families and they, the siblings, they're close. They have good relationships, but we do everything together, the two of us and our younger brother, Jacob. But Yeah, well, a lot of teenagers start bands, right? In seventh grade's early, but definitely in high school. <laughs> uh, at, w- at what point did it become apparent to you that this is maybe something we can do for work? Uh, unfortunately, sorry, this is Logan. Uh, unfortunately, it occurred to us very early. We yeah. thought that we could do it for work, and like pretty much by like ninth grade, I guess. So two years after we started that initial band, we thought that it was going to work immediately. Wow! And we've pursued it as if it were, and it just hasn't. So we've had to do other, <laughs> other work. But I, I wish that it had taken us a little longer to put everything into it. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I look at it. This is Jordan. I look at it from a couple of different places. You know, when we first started, remember our first club gig that we were playing in my mind, John Mayer was going to be in the audience and he was going to have yeah. a record contract ready for me because he was going to be your band pocket, right? is so sick. Yeah. We want to sign you today. You're coming with us to Interscope or Atlantic or whoever, uh, Capital. And I was just going to be like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Of course, John, I'm so excited to be your new best friend. Um, and <laughs> none of those things happen. You go, you play the nope. gig. It's really sweaty. Uh, 20 people show up, maybe most of them are your family. And it was really wonderful that we had family support, but in your mind, you're expecting it to be this giant wave of audience. And we didn't realize what went into this life. I think until, uh, uh, what would you say, Logan, like three or four years into it, we're like, there's so much more than just writing yeah, music yeah. in a basement and then going somewhere. You got to figure out a plethora of things. It's that actual go along work. With it. It's not just, it's not just playing and music with your friends it's it, it's a business well tell me about when it started to go well like when you start doing something like play 100 nights a year um your, your teenagers are in high school that starts happening um what what is that like for you at the time this is jordan uh so when we first started seeing some success we were in our like sort of secondary stage of being a band we had transferred over into something that was a little bit more pop rock centric and uh, we were doing, uh, there was actually a year where we did tour, it was about 110 days. And that was, I mean, for, for me, it was exhausting, but exhilarating all at the same time. Because we still weren't seeing commercial success, but we were performing and working at the rate that uh, really showcased us as being like, we're really musicians, we're really doing this. And it was happening while I think both the Logans were still in high school. So we'd go and we'd be out every single weekend. We'd be out most of the summer. We'd be out on breaks. But yeah. it was all the payout moments of being able to play in front of, oh, this show, we think it's not going to be that like wonderful, but you show up and there's 500 people there. And you're like, how did that even happen? We didn't know this show was going to be so cool. We ended up on one of the one of the tours we went on. We sold out of all of our merchandise in, like for a two-week tour that we were doing in two hours. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is the second day of the tour. We had to emergency ship an extra box of cds and t-shirts because we had sold out of everything else it was yeah it was the weirdest thing because that night in bethlehem pennsylvania i remember <laughs> yeah we, we had this crazy show with all these people sold out of our merch and then the next day we drove like 300 miles and played for the bartender and maybe one person sitting at the bar so the nights were not at all consistent but you had yeah. those those highs where you're like okay it's starting to work and those i guess a lot of moments of almost false hope thinking that this was the moment and then it's just another step toward the actual moment when you start to make it 
And meanwhile, this in this er, this early phase, we're talking about you, you're playing as Clockwork. Correct. And, yeah. um, you played. You got a, a great gig playing Lufest in 2015 yeah. in September. That was awesome. And was you wonderful. know the group was having a lot of outward signs of success, but I guess ev- even by that point, some of you had a sense that this wasn't quite what you wanted to do. Is that is that right? You know, this is Jordan. I don't think that it was a total. This isn't what we want to do. It was more. Is this how we want to do it? With the direction that we have been going, Clockwork was such a a growing place for us as musicians that it didn't really seem like that was the launch pad. It felt like, okay, I know it's going to be hard, but we have to take this and let it die so that we can create the thing that we're going to stand behind for a career. When we got to that point, I think it was just, we've done this pop thing for so long. There's a lot of people that have believed in us, but there's also a lot of things that we don't love that are attached to this name as far as what music's been put out, what decisions have been made and the results of those decisions. We wanted a clean slate to be able to be like, this is what we want people to see. One piece of it is the just the aesthetic. Right? It, was a, it was a poppier sound than you necessarily wanted to play for the rest of your lives. I don't even think it was necessarily that it was a poppier sound all over. We just, we truly were doing so many different things. It didn't feel like we knew who we were. And we even had a guy that we worked with, with this engineer, Vance Powell, that I, we asked him, we're like, hey, what what are we doing? What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? He goes, you don't know who you are. Like, you're, you're a, a rock band. You're also kind of a pop band. You're also kind of a Christian band. You're also kind of, it just, there was like a, a spin of all these different things because we were still figuring out who we were as people. Yeah. And that struck me in a big way, and I think it struck Logan in a big way as well. Um, just to like take a step back and go, what do I think about things? During the clockwork period, uh, was there an extent to which you felt like you weren't making? The decisions you wanted to be making, that, that some of the control was not in your hand? Uh, this is Logan. I, I think to an extent, yes, because at least on my end, I know Jordan, you were a little bit older, but not too much older. Uh, Logan and I, the other Logan, um, were both, I think, 14, 15 at the time. So most of the decisions were made on our behalf. We put, and we had input, of course, but it was, we didn't know what we were doing. So we just kind of wrote music and played music and the other side of it was decided for us. So I think that it was a very important time because we had to learn that kind of thing, but it did lead us in directions that we weren't necessarily keen on by the time we did figure out what we wanted. What weren't you keen on that you were doing? Just some of the, I guess, um, control decisions, maybe. I, I honestly that how we were we were um, perceived. I guess we were very much a boy band kind of boy band. perception. Yeah, that's how it felt. It was we were the next one direction is how it was kind of being pitched. It did, and I didn't necessarily want that. At least by the time I figured out what I did want at the beginning, sure, that's probably what we wanted. But we when, were when young. I listen to Clockwork, I don't hear One Direction. That's, that's the thing. It may, the music may not sound that way, but the public perception and the way that we've we'd grown our audience, it came off that way. So we had to kind of break from the clockwork, even though the music isn't that different in a lot of ways, the, um, the actual connotation to the name was different, at least in my mind. Well, you, I mean, you partic- you had enough issue with the whole thing that you got out of the band, right? 
Logan. I, I guess, yeah. That was a little bit later, but because uh, that was actually after we had already made the switch over to Hounds. But it just had become a very long process since we had been doing it since seventh grade that hadn't really borne any fruit. So we were turning our wheels and spending a lot of energy um, pursuing this thing that hadn't yet made it. And I had just, I was uh, about to be married. So I was like, I just need, I think I need to get out of this and well, find you a were, real career. Cause it's you not were burnt. You yeah. were, I mean, when it came down to it, like you were burnt. I remember sitting down and you, you actually sat Logan Moeller and myself down and you were like, Hey guys, so we need to have like a real talk. Um, what do you guys see? Uh, in this, do you guys see yourself doing this for much longer? Is this something you want to do competitively? Is this something that you want to do? Like, where do you see this? And Logan and I both looked at you and were like, we don't think we're capable of doing anything else. I mean, at that point you were 20, 21 years old and you've been doing it since you were 13. Uh, we told you we just wanted to do it till we died. And <laughs> you, uh, and, and you were like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. So I have to remove myself or I will try to stop you subconsciously. It, it was becoming toxic, even though you loved us. Yeah, and I was so. subconsciously trying to almost sabotage us because I was worried about getting out on another tour and being gone for another 115 dates, you know, the same as we'd, had, we'd done in the past. I didn't necessarily want to do that. That was Logan Sloan of Hounds, formerly Clockwork, and his brother and bandmate, Jordan Sloan. You're listening to Cut and Paste. We'll continue this conversation after this one little message. If you have a smart speaker, you have access to the entire world of NPR and St. Louis Public Radio. All the latest news and all the captivating stories. Activate our voices with yours by telling your smart speaker to play St. Louis Public Radio. Welcome back to Cut and Paste. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. That Lufest performance in 2015 was the last show by Clockwork, and they reemerged the next year as Hounds. They released an album that didn't get a ton of attention. Logan left the band, and bassist Jack McCoy jumped on board. The newly constituted Hounds auditioned for Who Will Rock You? That's a band search competition you can view on Amazon Prime, and they made it onto the show. Jordan Sloan talks about how they got there. I knew very little about it. There was a first season, and when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if we have what it takes to be this energetic on stage, I've never put myself in a position like this to have this much of a focus on us. Um, we also are really bad at covers. So when they said like the first round, you have to play a cover, the second two rounds are original songs. I was like, oh my gosh, what are we even gonna do with that? I, I don't know if we even are capable of doing covers. And uh, we ended up doing Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison. that got us through to the next round. Um, but we, uh, it was our, I mean, it was our original music, I think that really helped us through. It wasn't the cover. It all comes down to our live audience vote. The winner of Who Will Rock You season two is Hounds. And Logan, were you watching from home or? Yeah, and then showed up for the finale. Me and my wife, we drove over to Nashville and surprised him and watched from the, the balcony. 
yeah. put some extra scrutiny on him and Ojax so that it, it stressed him out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yep. That was really and, funny. And Jordan, you injured yourself somewhere in the middle of this? So the week before the actual show, we were playing a gig and there was a small rise where the drums were on the stage. And I took a step back and I dislocated my knee while we were in the middle of the show. <sighs> and it hurt so bad. But I just got back up and we played the rest of the gig and then I hobbled out afterwards. Um, and I just, my knee was so swollen. I was in a knee brace the entire show. It was just underneath my jeans. So uh, I, I was unable to really move. When we uh, did get the, the winning slot, they wanted to uh, put me with a bunch of different writers and then put kind of an EP together, like a, like a three song EP or a single or something. And when they were getting ready to set us up with that, I was like, hey, we can absolutely do that. I've got no issue riding with people if that's what you guys want to do. But check out all this stuff first. And we just sent them our back catalog of just song after song. We're like, this is what we have. What do you want us to try to be? What are you guys wanting? And they're like, we don't want to try to change you, actually. This is great. And that's what you wanted to hear. Yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. We ended up having complete creative control. And we ended up having... Uh, a full album contract and with the the potential of more. And Logan, while this is all going on, are are you starting to ruminate on the idea that maybe I want to get back in league with this operation? Not honestly, no, not really. I was just happy for them that they got this deal. So <laughs> how, much, kind of how much time went by then from from around that period to when you do rejoin? I guess it was right around when they. So we going into the studio, right? So we we knew that we were going to have some sort of a deal as of February 2019. And our first date was set in September for us to go and record. So I think that you realized you wanted to rejoin in August because probably, yeah, because it, it was very close to when we went to the studio. Logan, the, the the prospect of spending time out on the road, that sounds better to you now than it did? It does. Yeah, we've we've changed our um our mentality when it comes to that sort of thing we don't want the um expected life of a family anymore i think we're ready to like when we have kids there'll be kids out on the road when we're we're just gonna we're gonna adapt to that sort of lifestyle and have an exciting life it took us a second to realize that we could still have the the family that we want and pursue our dreams we don't have to put one on hold for the other to work and that's it, when we came to that realization, we, that's when it became a possibility for me to to start pursuing my dreams again, essentially. We, we realized that it, this could work. We can make it work. Logan, do you happen to remember that the first band practice back? I don't know if it was the first one, but I know it was at least close that I remember when we were working on one of Jack's. I know it was, yeah. Was no, it? it was. Yeah. It was Jack. It was two okay. of Jack's. So I guess songs. it was still in talks for being on the album, but it was a song of his that we were working on, and I, at the time, was just playing through my MIDI keyboard and my MacBook, uh, and just using the like Logic Pro to pull up sounds and all that. <clears throat> And I felt like a fish out of water. I was not comfortable at all. I was trying to figure out these changes. And like, I had never played keyboard. 
in any real capacity outside of the piano I have at home at the time. So I was not very intuitive about my playing. And I was channeling the different sounds, trying to figure out what would fit. And I just, it was throwing me off the whole time. I remember it didn't feel like a Cinderella moment. I didn't put on the, 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 the shoe and uh, it didn't glass fit. Slipper and yeah, it, it took some time for us to figure out our groove. Well, it also took some time for, I think, the two different versions of the band to become one band. I mean, there was the yeah. three piece with Jack and then there was the three piece with you. And you and Jack learning how to both coexist in that environment, even though you both really wanted it, it took time to learn each other mm -hmm. and then like learn what the four piece really looked like and how we interact versus how does the three of us in whatever format interact. Sorry, I was going to say, it good? kind of felt like we, we started over. Yeah. Once I joined again, it wasn't a continuation of the three piece that had just won Who Will Rock You. It was a new band that happened to be signed with BMG and it happened yeah. to, in the past um had won this this competition but it, it felt very much like we had started over and we were all learning this new form yeah all right so the new album is called cattle in the sky uh jordan can you point to a track that really does what you were trying to accomplish i think that there's uh for me four tracks that really point to uh the kind of messages we want to accomplish and the kind of uh i mean just lack of lack of care anymore about feeling ashamed in front of other people or feeling like I can't say something because it's going to upset someone. Being able to be honest in your music is the only way that it's going to feel real to somebody else. People can smell a fraud a thousand miles away. And um, I think On and On, Three Hits of Acid, To Be In Love, and Blue are the four songs on the record that when you listen start to finish, it just is, for me, it was really honest writing. Uh, Three Hits of Acid being I think the most obvious example for uh, Midwestern suburbia. up in very conservative homes and I'm thankful for all of it because I think that it's helped shape us into the writers and human beings that we are but it did come at a cost of a ton of what feels like communal and traditional guilt hmm. that can be in some ways rooted in uh, just like your religious image or in your community image but there's like things that I think come along with uh, suburban white America where it's just like hey don't talk about these topics because it's going to make people upset if you do. Just don't stir that pot. And I'm so uninterested in that. I'm so uninterested in continuing to put out fluff. I hope this makes you happy love songs. I mean, I love those songs, but I don't want that to be our only topic. I'd rather have an actual voice. I mean, if I'm not writing about something that makes me feel emotional, I'm bored already. That was Jordan Sloan. You also heard from his brother, Logan Sloan. They're in the St. Louis-based band Hounds, and their major label debut, Cattle in the Sky, comes out on BMG in February. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, and this has been Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast, produced with help from our executive editor, Shula Newman. 
Our intro and outro music is by Eric Hall. You can find Cut and Paste at stlpublicradio.org or, do you know this one? Wherever you get your podcasts.